0: Chris, how are you doing this week? Uh, I
1: finished my last graduate school. Well, let me take that back. I attended my last graduate school class for my program. Still got to write a paper for it. So saying I'm finished is a little bit premature. But, um, you know, it's at least a milestone. So I'm not able
0: to really say congratulations yet. Is that how it goes?
1: No, not really. Not when there's still six more months of internship to, <laughs> to go. But not having more classes and more papers is a good thing. Fantastic.
0: So do you have some, well, more free time this summer? Or you're going to be busy with internship? Yeah, no, I don't start
1: internships again until fall. So I get the kind of the preview of uh, the Whole summers off because you're a school counselor thing which is you know one of the major perks of the job so
0: excellent so we are today going to talk about uh, I think the main topic we're going to focus on is an article that I saw online about um, why do we play games nowadays uh, which you can find uh, I'll put the link on Twitter but it's taste the mana at dot wordpress.com. And uh, it's an article that was posted on June 6th, uh, 2017. And in some ways, this article ties into a conversation Chris and I had last week about how being a fan of music has changed over time. And we talked about a lot of the old technologies that we (laughs) listened to music on back in the day, quote unquote, and how just being a music fan, being a music consumer has changed over time. Uh, any any bookend you wanted to put on that conversation from last week, having a few days to think about it since we uh, last spoke? Go to your local
1: record store, <laughs>
0: <laughs> buy music, support artists. Certainly, don't steal music. That's don't do that.
1: Yeah, um, you know the 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 victimless or not a victimless crime thing is, is true to a degree. If you want people to still be making cool music that you're interested in, you have to find ways to support them. Um, You know, the biggest way artists are making money now is touring and of course like merchandise with touring. So um, if you stream all your music, be sure you're going out and seeing people and getting them your money that way.
0: Yes, absolutely. And speaking of tours, we were just before we, started recording here, we were talking about some of the bands that were are uh, hoping to see who are passing through town here. Uh, one of your, uh, actually your music selection from last week, tickets go on sale or they've already gone on sale? They went on sale and it was highly, highly confusing because
1: uh, I didn't realize they're doing sort of theater in the round touring and, um, you know, they're big enough to rate uh, the big venue now and uh, it's a venue that i have not been to a show at before and then when it showed the stage center um, i had no idea what was a good seat a bad seat there was also a pre-sale that i was not able to get in on so we're gonna go the old stub hub route so right now we're currently waiting it out for the prices to start dropping before we try to get in and get some decent seats do you think they'll drop or will they just keep going up the closer it gets to the date what I read is that um, for most things the prices go down hmm. the sellers get anxious as it gets closer um, and start to you know unload them cheaper uh, the if it's a hot ticket the opposite happens so so you have to kind of <laughs> gauge that
0: uh, so we'll see yeah and the one concert I just found out about the uh, that they're coming in october and tickets go on sale next week are queens of the stone age who i've never seen and i um, excited to try to get to that show i was just talking to you to see if you wanted to go and another friend who might be interested so hopefully we can make that happen
1: yeah i saw queens of the stone age at like a 200 person venue <laughs> actually the same one i saw arcade fire at uh, a long long time ago so
0: See that's your normal voice. You're putting on airs the rest of the podcast trying to like confuse people that you're not a smarmy hipster. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, and we actually just went to a show uh, over last weekend which was really really good. Um band called Cloud Cult who are somewhat well known more here locally in the Midwest or especially uh Minnesota cuz they're from here. Um but a really really cool show they have done a score to a short film like a 45 minute film that they played live and then did a regular show after that they're kind of known for doing all the feels um and this was definitely that way especially the film so uh yeah it was good what
0: what type of music would you classify that as i'm not familiar with the band
1: um it's you know it's it's definitely like indie rock um what's um interesting well interesting is the wrong word this band is there's a husband uh who's kind of the main person and his wife contributes some musically but she is a painter and so at their shows she paints while they play and then occasionally like sings with them or plays some percussion or something and they auction uh, that painting at the end, and now they've got another friend that paints on the other side of the stage, <laughs> too. Uh, so you have people painting and sometimes dancing as they paint and then jumping into songs, so as another layer. Um, but this band, uh, they had a child that they lost, uh, I don't know exactly how long ago, um, and that figures a lot into their. Songwriting and their music, um, a lot of it in kind of a positive way, you know, embracing all of life's ups and downs. But again, the, like I said, they're kind of an all the feels sort of band. So, uh, yeah, you're weaving quite a tapestry of what it is to go to one of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, my wife posted the social media, you know, during the intermission there that you know her she was ugly crying during the show, and she was far from the only one. We we went out to the bathroom during the intermission, and as is typical, the guys line was much shorter than the girls. So I walk out, and there's this huge line of of women trying to get into the bathroom, and it's just it's raccoon eyes like all the way down
0: the road. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, quite quite the scene. It
1: was
0: good. Yep. Man, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be uh, chatting about music from time to time. Uh, I think uh, later on in the show, we're going to offer up some movie recommendations uh, once again for another segment of Be Kind, Rewind. And yeah, I- you going to do better this time. I know. And, you know, I, I do want to put a little bit of a postscript on my suggestion for Men at Work. I really feel like I didn't stick with it enough. I, I really should have sold it better. It's a fun movie. It's uh, – I don't know how well it's aged. It's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, it's cute. It's harmless. It's funny. And, uh, yeah, check it <laughs> You're out. You're kind of doing the same thing again, man. <laughs> well, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to watch the movie before we talked about it, but I couldn't find it and timing and everything like that. But, no, I, I enjoy the movie. Go, go see it. <laughs> so let's get into our, our main topic today, because I want to I want to spend a lot of time on this article, because uh, mm-hmm. I really found it interesting. So uh, the person who wrote it is uh, on Twitter. You can find them at the the name at Green Ranger HS, and the HS stands for Hearthstone. So that's how I've uh, been interacting with this person online. Uh, another Hearthstone player. They you know post some decks and talk about the game and. Uh, This person has been running a blog for the last uh, two years almost, mainly about Hearthstone, uh, different things going on in that game. And the title of the article, again, is Why Do We Play Games Nowadays? And he just talks about about, um, how games have changed over time. And it might be a she. I don't even know. Um, So... Discussing Hearthstone is the Green Ranger a Power Ranger
1: thing or a uh, or like a D and D thing? Do you think?
0: I don't think it's D and D. And they, this individual is a co-host of a, a dual assessment podcast, which I think is related to card games and things like that. So mm-hmm. the article talks about similar, again, to how we were talking about music growing up in the late '80s playing uh, games for the first time on systems like Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. So this person is obviously younger than us since we grew up playing on Atari. And did you have like an Intellivision or know someone? I know
1: I, d- I did. So uh, very quickly, uh, my parents were very anti-video game. They um, were refused to buy any system for me at all. Um, they weren't going to stop me if I wanted to use my own money. But you have to remember that these game systems, when you adjust for inflation, cost, you know, somewhere in the like three to five (laughs) hundred dollar (laughs) range.
0: It's serious business, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I think I was maybe, oh, I want to say I was like. Sixth grade or so, and the first thing I did was get an Atari 7800, because it had new-ish games, plus it played the whole 2600 library, and it was cheap, because it sucked. <laughs> Backward compatibility.
0: There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I spent a lot of time having to be at other people's houses, especially my friend Brian playing whatever he had. Uh, we spent a lot of quality time on the Odyssey. I think it was the Odyssey two or three or something that was a that was an interesting system
0: nice nice so yeah i had sent this article to you uh maybe like a week or two ago soon after he he or she posted on twitter i'm pretty sure it's a he i'm gonna stop doing that now Um, (laughs) so the interesting thing about the article is it talks about how gaming has changed over time which is a topic that's certainly been written about a lot and how the internet has really changed gaming um for better or for worse depending on your your ideas and the article lists eight different reasons for why we play games so it starts out talking about we play games for fun could play games for fame for money for community for rewards for experience for loyalty and for fulfillment and each one of those sections has its own You know, a few paragraphs devoted to what that means for this individual and how it's changed over time. So what were your initial thoughts when I shared the article with you and you scanned through it or read it? You know, the
1: first thing I was thinking about was just that I (laughs) – it's you know we were it's this ties into with us talking about like Hearthstone versus Magic playing Hearthstone exclusively online versus being able to play Magic and go out and and see people presumably people that you've gotten to know people that are your friends and um, you know when it was talking about that like uh, my last really deep dive into gaming was uh, a while back now uh, I guess. When Halo Two came out about around that time, mm-hmm. um, and I got involved with a community of uh, gamers that were, you know, a, a little older, didn't want to have to play with the teenagers and stuff on Xbox Live, but really wanted to get together and play Halo and whatnot um
0: and is this place called season yeah season gamers
1: yep place called season gamers uh there's some other ones like them out there uh go check them out if you're looking for something like that tell them i sent you and they'll be like who because i (laughs) haven't been as active lately some people the old school people remember is that guy still alive um, yeah right um and uh yeah i got to be a very competent um, Halo 2 player. I, you know, was not ready to join the uh, MLG or anything like that. But I was a very solid Halo 2 pay- player, and um, you know that went on through like the Xbox 360 years and a lot of other games and whatnot. And I had a lot of fun playing with those guys. And then just as life got busier, um, you know, son was born um, right during that that phase. Um as time has gone by, I just kinda got away from it. Um and I think the other thing too is that community really coalesced around the Xbox and, and Halo 2. And then as time went by, um people You know started playing pc started also playing playstation and there wasn't the kind of that one game that everybody really came together around and so it was just a little harder to organize and get things going and find people the people you enjoy playing with and it just kind of got to be less of a habit um i think you know my internet connection changed during that time too which dissuaded me from doing it because nothing more frustrating than trying to play twitchy games with a with a bad internet
0: the community piece is really interesting because some of the most fun I've had gaming was playing the original Halo, playing the Blood Gulch map with friends mm-hmm. at graduate school. So that's around 2002, I'm guessing, that around that time mm-hmm. that came out. And it was really before wireless internet and everything, so a bunch of us would take Xboxes into one of the buildings where we taught classes as graduate students and on weekends and we would run all these wires to hook up these Xboxes to classrooms. And we play four on four death matches and things like that with like hooked up to projection screens and mm-hmm we grill outside like it was completely ridiculous that we were doing these things it was like a scene out a real genius or something and <laughs>
1: yeah well halo and it was so much play.
0: fun it was like so enjoyable to be around people and play that game and kind of have land parties mm-hmm. and stuff and now yeah. it seems like yeah it's just different people don't really get together like that to play games it seems it's all online
1: yeah it's interesting I, you know and side note people you know people that remember that halo you couldn't play online when it was that was why halo 2 was such a big deal it was it was the first one that you're going to have the the online multiplayer um you could play halo the original one on pc um online but but not on the xbox so you had to do it that old school way and um we certainly did it too back in the day it was good times but um yeah I mean i that that social part is huge, and it's funny, like lately I've noticed a lot more games bringing back or promoting couch co op um which is something that I always enjoy, um especially now that I have a son that's old enough to play a lot of games with me, right, <laughs> but it's like for a while their developers didn't even like view that as a necessary feature anymore if they're gonna have a, you know multiplayer game like being able to do co-op or whatever split screen um and i've noticed that it's it's coming back and getting mentioned a lot more and whatnot so you know i think there's definitely people recognizing that the fun part of of doing things that way or i mean you know maybe it's like vinyl maybe it's just that there's still a generation that's nostalgic for that and then like going forward People that didn't really have that, those experiences growing up won't care. I don't know. Um, I hope that's not the case because me being a social person um, and just believing that social contact is pretty central to, to happiness, uh, you know, I hope that's something that people will still coalesce around when it comes to games.
0: One game that I've been playing off and on, and really not that much because I think I'm level 30-something, which is not high at all, is overwatch and that's one of these games that a ton of people are playing but it's almost it depends like i have it for ps4 and i don't think that crosses over with pc and like other places you can play the game so it's it's not only if you're playing a game but what what format are you playing it on so it's further fragmented are you a pc gamer are you a console gamer what console um so it it seems like it's and again Maybe if I was younger, I would kind of have a group that I would play with. But you know, a good example, when you were talking earlier about playing games like Halo 2, I think a few years ago this game Rocket League came out. Mm -hmm. And it just sounded awesome. It looked awesome. It just appeals to me as I'm a big hockey fan and a big video game hockey fan, and it seemed like, oh, it's sort of like hockey, soccer with cars. Um, Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. I've never played it. And I think mm-hmm. 10 years ago or more, 15 years ago, if that game would have came out while I was a little bit younger, like I would have been all about it, and I would have sunk a lot of hours into it. And at this point, I'm still in the, oh, yeah, that game looked fun. And <laughs> I've never downloaded <laughs> well, it, never played it.
1: It's coming to Nintendo Switch. They announced that at, at E3, so now there's your excuse to get a Switch and kind of have portable gaming and be able to, to to finally play Rocket League with presumably a new crowd kind of all getting into it at the same time.
0: My wife will really enjoy that with me being like... <laughs> I got a Rocket League going 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 on. I can't help the kid. You're on your own.
1: <laughs> Get it before your your trip to Ireland, so that just like when you're in New Zealand playing Kingdom Rush, as you went around, that you're playing Rocket League instead of you know enjoying being in Ireland.
0: Yeah, that's a true story. I was <laughs> way more distracted than I needed to be with Kingdom Rush while we were driving around New Zealand, which, as I say it out loud right now, sounds completely ridiculous. <laughs> Like, just ridiculous. We're driving around Middle Earth, and I'm, like, tapping my iPad furiously to defend a fort. <laughs> it's just completely absurd. Uh, I mean, Kingdom Rush is a good game. It's, yes, and... it's not, it's not, don't look at Middle Earth good.
1: Yep, uh, and I feel like there's a softball joke in there somewhere with tapping your iPad furiously, but uh, we'll we'll leave that alone. Yeah,
0: well, I'm sure you'll you'll get your digs in uh, towards me, <laughs> Um so yeah, it was the one piece about community. The the interesting thing that the that Green Ranger starts off with, like after playing games for fun, is goes right into the idea of playing for fame and for money, which was not a thing, really, when we were growing up, and even when we were like in our twenties or even our thirties, um, or early thirties, at least not very often. The only thing I remember doing was going to a local arcade for a mortal Kombat two tournament or was it street fighter two was one of them. And yep. I remember thinking I was hot stuff and would do pretty well. And, you know, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking like, cause there was these different arcades around town at, at malls and at the um, boardwalk in ocean city, New Jersey, where near I grew up. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I see the same guy all the time. Like, he plays this game like way too much. And then, like years later, I was thinking he probably thought the same thing about me because he always saw me <laughs> in the same place. <laughs> it was one of those things where it was easy to judge somebody else, but I'm in the same. Right. I just needed to hold up a mirror and be like, "This is also you." Um. But I really miss the arcade. I really wish that that would come back in some capacity. I don't think it ever will, but um, like that was a big community social thing. And that was sort of where you went for, for quote unquote fame. Like if you were playing street fighter two and you had one quarter and you were pretty good and the arcade was busy, you could stay on that machine for, for a few hours and Mm -hmm. people kept coming up and, and challenging you and you beat them. And like you got, this little local reputation of like hey this person's pretty good and and now it's more of a international thing you have teams and league tiers it's it's kind of unreal how the whole esports scene has taken off
1: yeah i mean i i remember there being some of that going back in the day like as soon as you began to be able to play first person shooters on the PC, like I know, there were tournaments and money and communities around that, and there were some kind of the early people that were well known and endorsing, you know, Razor and stuff like that. I do kind of, I was aware of that. I was never, I, I've never in my life really had a a gaming rig PC, um, so I knew it was out there. And like I remember a long time ago watching a short thing. I think it was maybe even on like MTV, but they were talking about competitive golden tea players. Oh yeah, that, sure. You know, would get, you go show up at bars and play golden tea for money, like have a tournament there. They were kind of organizing themselves, and same thing with Super Smash um, Brothers, which I think was maybe the same show. They talked about guy organizing sort of underground tournaments where everybody would show up with their. Console of monitor and whatnot at some place and and play these tournaments kind of like what you're talking about for for Halo ones. So it's it's been around, but of course on a much 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 smaller scale than than what we're seeing today with the advent of you know I think you know MLG was kind of the first big one, and then as games like you know League of Legends and whatnot have really taken off, and Hearthstone of course too. Um, it's gotten huge where some of the money is ridiculous um which is interesting for me as a magic player because magic has had an online presence you know for much longer than any of those games, but has never figured out <laughs> how to how to create that same scene around their game either in person or online. I mean they have big tournaments, but like just the the money amounts are not not the same it 's much more difficult to be a professional magic player it 's something they're gonna have to keep working on to get with the times if they want to keep the game uh, relevant.
0: And I've been at your house a few times where you've been playing Magic Online, doing a draft or playing games, and the interface always felt clunky just as a viewer. It seemed to be, and I think Magic is certainly a more complex game than Hearthstone. I think it would be more difficult to actually program a system that handles everything that happens right but it, it just didn't look it didn't look fun yeah so i you know i
1: we could spend a whole show talking about this and and other people have that are in the magic community but very very quickly i mean their challenge is that you know you have i forget what number we're up to now but something like 14 fifteen thousand unique cards and if you're going to have an online game for those, they all have to be there and you have to have it programmed how all of them interact. And with all the mechanics over, you know, we're coming up on 25 years of magic, <laughs> it gets complicated. And I think their focus has always been on trying to make that work because it's kind of a amazing thing to get it to work at all. But that meant that what their game looked like and whatnot was always clunky. I mean, Hearthstone is a much, much better looking, kind of more entertaining to to play. Um, I still find it a little weird that anybody wants to watch <laughs> either one. Um, you know, except for if you're, you know, if you're a player and you want to see the strategy and whatnot. The same reason I watch Magic tournaments on mm-hmm. Twitch or. Watch people play Magic online, but uh, you know, I I do think people tune in and watch Hearthstone that don't really play Hearthstone. Not that many, but I I, I do think it happens, and that's just not something going to going to see with Magic because it's kind of like watching somebody play chess without having, without having any idea what
0: the rules are. It's just not a lot of fun. You know, I I asked. Um, speaking of Hearthstone and that kind of entertainment, how that overlaps with the competitive piece, I. Um, next week on my other podcast, I interviewed um, Ohad Zack, who does the writes the vicious uh, syndicate data Reaper reports for, for hearthstone. And I talked about that about how some of the more popular streamers out there aren't necessarily the, the best competitive players, and how mm-hmm. that, just how that overlaps now. Like so you have Blizzard, which created the game, you know, operates the game, so it's like, that's part of the Venn diagram. You have these streamers who are making money from playing the game. Then you have the competitive people who are playing in tournaments. And so it's this interesting mix of kind of this easy to watch, you know, five to 10 minute games that are kind of casual, but there's some strategy. There's or quite a lot of strategy going on, depending on who you ask. Um, and how that all meshes together. It's just, it's such an interesting world. I mean, as a, and that's one of the things I was asking him about, just his thoughts on it. Cause from, as, as, from a psychologist point of view, just looking at this from the outside, it's like, these are people's lives. They're spending hours and hours playing these games, making a living off these games, writing about them, talking about them. Like, you know, we're talking about them a little bit. It, it just seems a little different than it was when we were younger. Like there's more options to actually make this a career or, flesh it out into a different kind of hobby
1: yeah without a doubt um i can't were we talking about this i know it was somebody else we were discussing twitch and just the fact that there are people that are making six-figure incomes just by streaming well that's a gross oversimplification but we're streaming on twitch is their main job um and that's like, <laughs> you know, if you had told me that was possible when I was a kid, I might have been aiming for that uh, as my career. But And um, I
0: totally could have pulled that off with SSX and SSX Tricky. <laughs> I was really, really good at those games because I played it so much. Uh, but alas, they don't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, I apologize if I sound funny. I'm adjusting my microphone. my old person alert. My back was killing me, so uh, we're going to adjust so I can sit. That's there. what
0: happens, man. You can't stream for hours a day if you got a janky back, you know? Right. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about from this article, again, uh, had like eight different reasons for why we play games nowadays. And the one thing that really jumped out at me, like midway through the article, he talks about four rewards. Um, and the title isn't necessarily clear, but you know, before when you bought a game, you you bought a game. You bought a physical disc or a physical cartridge or you, you know, you, even more recently you downloaded a game and, and there it was. And then you would play it and quote-unquote beat it or put enough hours in where you felt like you got enough content out of it. And then it would go back on the shelf or you'd resell it or it took up space on your hard drive and you moved on to something else. And now games are shooting for a different type of model so a game like overwatch or hearthstone or you know he talks about this game shadowverse uh which i think is another different card game but they have rewards just for this just when you play you you build up experience or you build up gold in game commerce to buy packs or buy new content and it's this ongoing positive reinforcement chain of the more you play the game, the more rewards you get, the more you win, the more rewards you get, but it never really ends. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want it to? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the question be like a game, like again, overwatch Hearthstone. I mean, these are blizzard products. So you know, my view of gaming these days is kind of narrow. Cause I, I just haven't invested the time and too many other uh, venues but I just don't know, like if you keep playing Overwatch and you, and another thing he talks about in here is like you play a game for loyalty, almost like you're loyal to a brand. And I think you were talking mm-hmm. about magic, like you're, you're loyal to magic. And one of the reasons I think you haven't invested too much time in, in a game like Hearthstone is because that pulls you away from magic. And if you're going to play a card game, you're going to play the one that you're more, loyal to or feel like is a quote-unquote better game because you've been playing it for so long
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of things that go into this but the idea of these games that people are going to kind of play forever is great if you like that game and um (laughs) you want to do that you know i feel that way about magic i mean in a way that's kind of like if you're complaining about D&D like they just keep coming out with stuff and like i'm just supposed to keep playing it right. <laughs> you know it's the same idea it's just they just digital. released a new adventure I, what am i supposed to do right. <laughs> um but there's everybody only has so much time and money and so if you're going to go after that bottle you've got to win a big enough audience that's willing to do that or It doesn't work. Um, And so I think there's always going to be a place for fun and entertaining games that you play and then you're just kind of done with and you move on because everybody likes doing that sometimes and everything you play can't be, uh, you know, a a (laughs) lasting potentially forever situation. And, And, you know, for me, because Magic to play it somewhat competitively like is a pretty big financial investment yeah and so that's what, i'm not gonna dive into like three other things that are investment like that because <laughs> i just i don't i have neither the time or especially the money to do that well that's what, what um, came
0: what came to mind because this idea of you're you have a relationship suddenly with a game Mm-hmm. and like, I, I just remember nintendo games like back in the day like there were a lot of games that you could beat i remember buying the game ragnar i think that was the <laughs> name of the game What like the bar uh, yeah. the barbarian dude that um yep. not ragnar i think that's the vikings guy what was the what was the name of that game uh i thought you had it right
1: maybe it wasn't ragnar okay whatever it starts with an r and i know what you mean as a side scroll. i think it's
0: rygar Rygar, yes, Rygar. Yep, yep, yep. So you were this barbarian dude, and you like traveled around different landscapes, and you had a kind of a shield wheel type of weapon. You would throw it out on a string and, mm-hmm. and destroy things. I remember I bought that at an electronic boutique or something in the mall, and then took it home. And eight hours later, it, I, we had beat it. We had like gone through the game just completely binged on it, and I was like, huh. Well, I'm just gonna take this back to the store and say it didn't work and they're like oh okay and we got a different game and that was before they realized that people were doing things like this so this is way Mm -hmm. way way long ago and and now a game like overwatch it just never ends i mean it's a different style of game but even something like darkest dungeon which i've been playing on my computer for the past year or so off and on I think because Steam keeps track of how long you've, you've been playing a game. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it last night, and I think it said something like, you've logged 57 hours in Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> and I haven't beaten it yet, and I still play it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, the game seems so big, and it's like such a certain time investment. Yeah, for sure. And, you know,
1: I mean, for me, I don't play Hearthstone Um, you know partially for that reason I mean I also like I personally think at its core Magic is a better more interesting game than than Hearthstone not that Hearthstone is a bad game but it's just like that's not not what you say after a few drinks I mean (laughs) you're
0: all nice and kind here to me on the podcast but when things get serious
1: the the snark snark comes out I've been playing Eternal, which is very, very similar. It kind of splits the difference between Hearthstone and Magic, but I just, I got in on their beta or whatever, and then because I did that, like, accumulated a bunch of stuff and got rewarded for that and a bunch of packs, so it just hasn't really been much of a financial investment to, you know, have that be my sort of Hearthstone that when I'm have. 15 minutes on my phone, I could fire it up and play a, a couple of games. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is, is that everybody is going to be able to have a, a couple of these things. Like when you're, I don't know. Seventeen, maybe you can have like four or five of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have less money at that point to to put into them. Um, so everybody has a limit. So it's great to have these things, but you know, the the, the market's only going to bear so many of them. So it's it'll be interesting to see how that plays out long term.
0: Yeah, and do you feel that? it's more consolidated now. Like, there's fewer games out there. I don't know if... That's probably not true because of all the indie games and things like that, but it, it almost seems like there's just a few major franchises and that's what people play. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong.
1: No, I think you're right. I think in terms of big-budget games, there's a lot less risk being taken um, because games cost so much to make. You You know, it's kind of like huge blockbuster films like you can't afford to take a chance on something all that often you're much better off making you know the eighth marvel movie than you are to make something that's you know an ip that nobody's ever heard of and take the risk on that and pour lots of money and and resources in that so indie games are great and i think you know we might be getting at you know as many games overall for that reason but in terms of like games that were getting you know a top budget i think there were a lot more during the atari nintendo sega you know days because it just costs a lot less to make a game you know to make a triple a title at that point
0: was just way 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 less involved than it is now well i think some of the more interesting games that i've played over the years um, like the game Bastion, which was a downloadable game, for yep, I played it. that that was amazing. I mean, Darkest Dungeon was certainly not a big, uh, huge studio thing. That was an indie game that is just fantastic to play. Um, the Last of Us, which you know was certainly a a big game. I don't think anyone knew it was going to be that amazing when it before it came out, but that game is. I mean, I've mean, i written about that game on my, on my site, but just how that gets you immersed into the different characters and the gameplay that's going on, um, I love that game. It, it
1: Yeah, no spoilers. I still haven't played it, and I will get around yeah, to it.
0: Yeah, it time. sticks with you, and it, I felt compelled to, to write something about it because I had a really strong reaction to how that game played out, so yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> but if you haven't played The Last of Us and you're looking for... An experience that's contained, and I think you can play through it in, I don't know, ten hours or so, which is reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's am- it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I think again, just with this topic, you know, why we play games, I, I think it's really useful as a gamer or in any hobby that you're to, whether it's it's music or fishing or or anything to just be mindful about why you're doing the things you're doing and like what choices in your making and what, what those choices are in service of. I know for me, I've spent more time recently just playing games for, and this kind of ties into the last, um, point from this article in some ways, uh, set, and it's a he it's his name's Jeff Green Ranger is Jeff so I did look that up um, but he says playing games for fulfillment for like a high score or getting to the end of something um, so kind of sitting down and, and playing a game and just kind of playing start to finish and enjoying that experience I, I downloaded from Steam an old game that they remastered full throttle which <laughs> one of those Lucasfilm adventure games and it was and yeah. it was great I played it. I played through it in four hours. I think I got through, I think I got stuck on the same puzzles I got stuck on 20 years ago. I was like, how how do I get the dog out of the junkyard? Still trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, but it was just fun to play through that and not really have too many distractions, just kind of play one game and go through it and pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've been trying to do the, I was dabbling in trying to stream Hearthstone games for a while and I just don't think I have the personality and charisma for that so <laughs> kind of stop <laughs> stop doing that and you know you know tip number one is you have to pay attention to your chat that's that's your first problem. well i only have one monitor and i hadn't really figured that out technically so it's like ah, whatever, <laughs> mess around with this like i still take some screenshots of games I, i'm playing and i'll post those on twitter whether it's hearthstone or uh, darkest dungeon you know i'll try to make some funny comments about it um, but i'm i'm trying not to mix all the reasons that he gives into one experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mistake I was making where I was like trying to like, oh, maybe I can build a community or not do this for money, but maybe gain a following and trying to almost mm-hmm. have one game that accomplishes all those reasons for playing something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, at least my enjoyment is better served if I just pick one or two reasons and like that's the reason I'm playing a certain game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us – I mean, you know, here we are still doing a podcast, and ostensibly that's to maybe build some sort of community. It's certainly not to to make money, but – Oh, we're
0: totally selling out arenas later, man. This is just like (laughs) – Right. Episode three, you're going to look upon this as like, oh, man, remember back in the day when – yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: And I went through it with with magic too, not so much magic online or – but, uh, you know, I d- we did try to dabble a little bit with streaming and actually realized it just technically wasn't possible at that point with Internet connections and computer speeds to play, play Magic and stream it in real time. But we did, like, you know, do like a video and post it to YouTube and like see if anybody cared and whatnot. And I think of larger that's just a tribute to like this. I think it's just like this is a game that I really like that, like, I really want to try to go deep on this and see what i can do with it um which i think is really cool um and i think lots of people do it and now there's you know there's there's kind of pathways that you can see like you know people do stream games people for like magic or hearthstone write articles and analyze metagames and can be you know professional players and can be you know announcers and get paid for it and and whatnot so you know i think a lot of people have that dream and kind of dabble to see if it might work out for them, and obviously it's not going to for for most people. But you know, if it's the kind of thing where you enjoy trying those things out and you know, seeing if you have what it takes, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing to do. But um, I do with magic see a lot of people get caught up in that, especially just with playing. Professional tournaments or um, trying to play at that level and sort of losing why they liked playing the game in the first place and just not really having fun right. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so, you know, you do have to be careful about that. Like, if you are getting paid a lot of money to play right. Magic and it's kind of become your job and you're cool with that, that's great. Um, but if you're not really on the pro tour, and, and you know you're screaming at your opponent, or berating yourself, or you know flipping tables, or anything like that, um, you know you you kind of lost your way. There. <laughs> you know this is a game that you probably initially got together with your couple buddies and played at the kitchen table, and just thought it was awesome. And you know it's important to stay in touch with the that and reconnect with that and. Do that as well, or else you do kind of need to stop and ask yourself, why? Why am I playing this? Like, I'm not having any fun anymore, and I'm I don't get paid for this. Like, what am I doing?
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree to try to simplify the reasons you're playing games, or you know, involved in a hobby, and what what are what are the values? What are the points of uh, what are the reasons for trying to do that?
1: And as, you know, part of the point of this podcast, you know, age will help you make a lot of those decisions because, um, you, you know. You kind
0: of trim the fat by default.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, like if you were going to try to, to uh, you know, make it big doing, you know, whatever, uh, Overwatch is a good of example as any, like you're gonna have diminishing returns as you get older like there's gonna be a point that you cannot keep up with you know the 18 year old kids that can play that game 24 7 learn everything about you know all the ins and outs that there are to those games but most importantly you know swick mountain dew and have super twitchy reflexes that you just don't have anymore so age age will help you let some of those things go or or make some different decisions or reconnect with what you enjoy because some of that competitive stuff is not going to work for you as time goes by.
0: So thanks to Jeff uh, Green Ranger for writing up that article and uh, definitely check it out and that entire blog has a lot of good content in there. Um, Before we finish up, we are going to offer a couple of movie recommendations and another installment of Be Kind Rewind and what do you have to to offer this week.
1: So you know, we we kept talking and not quite deciding which because uh, we're going to do these segments, but we're not always going to do them every week. And we want to try out some different ones. Just uh, we're still getting our feet wet here and figuring out kind of what works and what we think is entertaining and hopefully what somebody besides like you know my mom <laughs> thinks is entertaining. <laughs>
0: what what did she think <laughs> about the first two episodes? Is she on board? You did know, she have some criticisms?
1: I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll post her full review. no uh yeah I don't think this is in is really a, her demo in terms of interest so if she listened at all it was out of pure kindness and got very very bored but uh yeah so I I thought a little bit about movies and kind of what came to mind for me as I was thinking because I you know, there's a lot of – if people are roughly our age, there's a lot of movies like if you – hopefully I'm not about to like name the movie that you're going to That would be with. funny. <laughs> but like if you're going to be like the goodies, like people are like, yeah, OK, sure. Yeah, way, to, right. way to really go out <laughs> you know?
0: with
1: them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm working under the assumption that sort of all those – you know, the Princess Bride and things like that, like – most of the kind of
0: people they're going to listen to. It's a really this great movie, guys. I think you should see it. It came out in '19. <laughs> yeah. It's called Empire Strikes Back. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it ends on such a down <laughs> note. Um.
1: So yeah, just opting out of those, and I didn't want to do like I have an endless file of kung fu and Hong Kong movies that I could you, go with. You could stay in your list. that last That's week. Fine. So I, I wanted to do something different, and the first thing that came to mind, and f- again, frankly, if you are a, a roughly our age and you had cable and got TBS or TNT growing up, you have not been able to avoid seeing this movie at some point, but uh, I do dearly love it. And this is – it's not a good movie, I think. Can you give me a hint uh, because I have so many guesses. Any, uh… Hmm. Let's see. Somebody uh, <laughs> from the show was on that, and from that movie was on that '70s show.
0: Oh, I mean, that could be any. That's a different option. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, like, was a fairly regular character on that '70s right. show. Uh Yeah. No. Uh, so the movie is Beastmaster. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who was uh, in Beastmaster? Uh oh! Uh, the main like woman in it was was the uh, was a hot mom on that '70s show. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to remember. is that whose mom was that? I haven't watched that show in years. Was it like Kelso that had a hot somebody had a hot mom? You talking about Tanya Roberts? Yes, Tanya Roberts is the is the female lead. There's there's boobies. If you're not watching it on TNT, um, but uh, yeah, he can talk to animals. This is is his. Well, he's gift. the Beastmaster, and, right? Um, and it is your standard fantasy uh, story of you know.
0: So this came after Conan, correct? I believe so. so Beastmaster is what, what, eighty-two. What year did? did okay, yeah. And Conan the Barbarian was also eighty-two. Okay, so
1: I think this is, you know, very much the era where, like, Dungeons and Dragons was a huge thing, and there were a lot of people, I'm sure it wasn't the only reason that they're doing this, but there are a lot of people kind of making B movies, exploring that, <laughs> those types of ideas. Um, And yeah, I, you know, I don't remember exactly what age I was when I first saw it, but, um, it is some cheesy B movie action with some, Really bad acting, um, and some really cute animals, and
0: you know, I, I can not decide if you know. this is a better or worse sell than me trying to tell people to see men at work. <laughs> um, it's it's that's it's, it's,
1: it's yeah. close, it's close, yeah. I mean, I you know, if so, so I again. There's a whole generation of people, many genera, several generations now that will never know sitting around kind of bored on a Saturday. And for me, you know, for a lot of my childhood, not having cable, so limited to what was on on air TV and then realizing that one of your UHF, UHF stations had like an all day sci fi and fantasy movie fest going when it was great you would just sit there and watch really bad you know drive through or drive through (laughs) drive (laughs) in movie type type fair um for hours and hours and hours And, and beastmaster was certainly one of them and then like i said tnt had the rights to it and i i swear it was on like five times a week for for many, many years there. So, um, you know, if you like that kind of thing, if you watched Crawl or any one of those other movies from that era that are that are terrible special effects and not great acting, but swords and sorcery and and whatnot, this one will be in your real house as well. And uh, it's, you know, again, you can talk to animals. Who does Who doesn't want to be
0: able to do that? That's amazing. I might not even have a recommendation this week. I just might sign off. <laughs> I'm just going to drop my headset. That's it. That's it. Just
1: Look, I, I'm letting you it. have the better recommendation. Like last week I had a just like uh, one of the greatest like, you know, Jackie Chan movies ever made and just an amazing like physical film. And And you had – the Garbage men movie so you know i'm letting you i'm letting you get the good one i have one. a
0: list of don't don't disappoint i have me. a list of options for this and i assume if this is an ongoing segment like i almost want to just dump all of them at once because <laughs> they're all so excellent um so i could go 80s or 90s i'm gonna let you, you pick which, which decade because i i got a bunch of choices i could go with here
1: well, I went 80s, so maybe you should go 90s to give people a little
0: different. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so I am going with a 1990 film of an undercover teen in a dismal future joins a cult of roller skaters who push a drug called mist. Does this ring a bell? <laughs>
1: Uh, I I have not seen this movie. I think I know what this movie is, but I actually have not. seen
0: Um. It. So it it features uh Corey Haim, and mm-hmm. uh a very young Patricia Arquette, and it mm-hmm. is called Prayer of the Roller Boys. Nope,
1: still didn't. I have not even heard of it. I thought this is going to be something. No.
0: So Prayer of the Roller Boys was a movie. I did not see it in the theater, but. It was one of those movies that was on cable quite a lot in, like, the mid-90s. F- was it before or after Beastmaster? <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, considering it's 1990. Oh, I mean,
1: 1990 was, like,
0: Beastmaster is on TNT, like, five times oh, a week. Oh, so. I don't know. It's it's all a little <laughs> hazy. I mean, I, I'm still kind of rattled from the Beastmaster recommendation. <laughs> so, so Prayer of the Roller Boys is a... If I recall correctly, Corey Haim has like a young brother and it's this like kind of toxic wasteland future. And there's a gang of preppy roller boys, like they're kind of skater roller boys in like these long white trench coats. It's bizarre, but I remember that at the end, there is one of those scenes where it felt like a 25 minute chase through the city on rollerblades, <laughs> like through parking garages and like through the, it looked like the streets of San Francisco or something, all these huge hills and jumps. And there were a lot of stunts in there. And mm-hmm. I just remember the movie being kind of entertaining. Like the villains were like very evil folks and, you know, Corey Ham was just trying to get by just as a normal guy, just trying to make it in uh, this, this bad future. Um, Again, it's not. No one's winning any acting awards from this, but mm-hmm. I. There was a, a genre of like skateboarding and rollerblade movies for a while. Like, mm-hmm. what was some of the other one? Like, cleaning the cube was another one, and right. Um, but prayer of the roller boys is kind of lost to time. So, I. Yeah, I'm literally not sure if I've ever heard. of it. If you can even find it. Um, you know, it might even be, like, on YouTube or something. You might be able to find it mm-hmm. on Amazon. But it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I just remember enjoying it. just kind of getting sucked into it. The visuals were really good, I think, because it was before, like, everything was a dystopian future, like Hunger Games and stuff. Um, so, you know, in the 1990s, not that it was ahead of its time by any means. Like, there were a lot of, like, the future's going to be terrible, and this is what happens. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of a fun flick, and it has some cool stunts. And if you like the kind of skating aspect and people doing some cool tricks uh, that way, then uh, that adds a different element to it. And Patricia Arquette's a good actress, and she definitely gives gives an effort in this movie. So there's people who are trying, (laughs) certainly.
1: I feel like three out of four of our... And I'm air quoting, <laughs> as I say this, recommendations at this point. <laughs> we like instead should have just chosen like a mystery science theater or Rift tracks episode for people to go watch. <laughs> because maybe they're not quite that that as bad as some of those movies. But I could see any one of these being a, a future Rift tracks if they haven't already done it, because there's more riff tracks out there than I have been able well, to watch or that are available like on streaming. So <laughs> I,
0: I think part of the fun of recommending some of these movies is, you know, for folks who are, are our age are like, Oh yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen that in 20 years. I should try to find that. Or people on mm-hmm. the younger side who have no concept that these movies even existed. And it's not like they're going to be featured on any top 100 Netflix <laughs> list anytime soon. There's kind of these lost, uh, Lost pop culture films that uh, you can consume and make your own decisions.
1: Right. So those young people are going to
0: tune in and watch these and be like, what in the... (laughs) Well, there's a chant in Prayer of the Roller Boys because it's a a street gang and they have these rituals and they had this hand signal and they would just chant over and over again, Day of the Rope. And Day of the Rope was going to be this... Thing where well, no spoilers, but it's kind of the culmination of their evil plan, and like you know, if one person out there watches the movie and is like chanting "Day of the Rope" to themselves afterwards, then then <laughs> I take that as a win. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is every episode of this having if one person dot dot dot?
0: <laughs> that should have been the name of the segment. If one person. <laughs> So there's our movie selections. We've gone way over. We were trying to shoot for 45 minutes, and we're we're over that time again. But we'll we'll keep trimming things, try to make the episodes yep. a little bit easier to listen to. Mhm. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh.
1: That's a no. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> Your movie selection has has. You know, left
0: me speechless. Once I told you again. I should have just stopped after you put the Beastmaster up there. I should should have just left well <laughs> enough alone. Um, so when this is up tomorrow, I have a, a curling tournament. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, about six months since I've been on the ice, so looking forward to that. What do you got mm-hmm. going on this weekend? I have no idea. Uh, it's Father's Day. Yeah, it's my first Father's Day, so that'll be interesting. Uh huh. So
1: so no no pressure on the kid to get you a sweet present.
0: No, he's sleeping right now, letting me record this. So that's uh, mm-hmm. he's he's already uh, doing well in that regard. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right, folks. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this, we'll try to be back again next week and do it all up again. Thanks for joining us. Yep, <laughs> thanks a lot here.